0: Thank you those on the platform, Uh, pray for Connie, Uh, she's having stomach issues, Uh, she's trying to blame it on my meatloaf, so please pray for her, amen, I don't wear that jacket, my first meatloaf, and so anyway, (laughs) praise God. If you have your Bible this evening, Luke chapter 9, I encourage you again to be much in prayer for those who are ill in the hospital on these ventilators etc and be praying for our Bible conference Luke chapter 9 we've been singing that chorus never going back I won't go back to the way I used to be and it's a a very good chorus talks about saved healed delivered I won't go back to the way I used to be. Uh, Sometimes when you stand for God uh, and you go all in for God long term, uh, the road gets lonely. Those you never thought would go back did go back. They're nowhere to be found as you make your way toward the cross and eternity. You thought they would be with you till the end. One time they were right there saying all the right things but now they've gone back and you have to ask the question why? Why would someone go back to the way they used to be once you've been saved, once you've born again, once you've tasted of the wonderful joy and the kingdom of God? God delivered me powerfully. The only word I can use is delivered like many. I never drank Jack Daniels again. I broke and destroyed the Roach Clips, album, sold my bike, got rid of a lot of my uh, dress style, and um, got a Bible, traded Playboy magazine and porno for a Bible, and uh, went to church, and um, I never went back. Uh, And it's hard to imagine sometimes for me really why would anyone go back how does that happen but it does happen and so I want to minister this evening I won't go back I can't go back to the way it used to be Luke 9:62 Jesus said to him no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Father we come tonight by your blood. By your word. By the power of the Holy Ghost. I pray none within the sound of my voice. Would ever be deceived into going back the way they used to be. Or where they used to be. God keep. Keep all of those in this place tonight to Keep them, God, for your eternal purposes. May they make heaven their home. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. I want to think with you about the last long journey to the cross. Uh, The journey Jesus took was so interesting and so insightful about life and the Christian life. He was born for the cross. He was born in Bethlehem, but he was destined for Jerusalem. All of his life, all of his ministry, all of the record, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all of that, he was pointed in one direction. Calvary's cross. Now he's on the last leg of the journey and it's like the closer and the longer the journeyer the lonelier it gets lonelier and lonelier at first the crowds are massive There's a lot of attention. There's an attraction. The multitudes, signs, wonders, and miracles are exploding and happening everywhere. Matthew 4, 25. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee, from Decapolis, from Jerusalem, from Judea, and beyond Jordan. So people are coming from every direction, and this multitude is stronging him. Not just for a day, not just for hours, but sometimes several days. Jesus goes to the mountain, the wilderness, Matthew 15, 29. Jesus departed from there, skirted the Sea of Galilee, went up on the mountain, verse 30. Then great multitudes came to him, the lame, the blind, the mute, the maimed. They laid them down at Jesus' feet and he healed them. In other words, their need... Their hope, their desperation uh, was drawing the multitude to Jesus Christ. Their brokenness and his power and his compassion was a powerful chemistry that attracted them. Reminds me of the woman with the issue of blood. If I, can, if I can just touch the him if I can just get close enough to touch him I'll be made whole she presses through the crowd he's my only hope if I can just touch him and that's true of many in this place you came through the doors of this church you were broken Life had maimed you, hurt you, blinded you, bound you. And what brought you here was a hope and a desperation. Oh, if I could just touch him and if he could just touch me. Matthew fifteen thirty one. So the multitude marveled when they saw the mute speak. The maimed made whole, the lame walking, and the blind seeing. Now, again, this is not just a service, it's not just a few hours. We're talking about a long, we'll look at that in a moment. And they're not eating, evidently. Matthew 15 32. I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been continued with me three days and had to have nothing to eat. Do you have that kind of desperation? Do you have that kind of three days of fasting just to be with Jesus? This speaks of desire. Desire. This speaks of commitment. No doubt, as I said, desperation. These people are just like you and I. They would have had other commitments in life. They would have had obligations, no doubt. Family, things that needed to be taken care of. Children, no doubt. School, business, life demands. And yet, for three days, it records They have followed him, stayed with him, listening to every word with nothing to eat. They haven't just followed him though, they followed him to a wilderness place. Perhaps many of them have never been there before. It's a strange place. It's new to them and it's new to you. Matthew 15, his disciples said to him, where could we get enough bread in the wilderness to feed such a great multitude? It's interesting, when, when I got saved, and no doubt many of you, if not all of you, unless you're raised in church, he took me to a totally different place. Church was so odd to me, <laughs> I met people at church I had never met in all of my life. No doubt that's true of them. They're meeting people, this multitude, they're meeting people they would have never met in the normal walk of life. And that's true of you. You come to church, you meet people that you never met out there running crazy. Right? You have conversations in church. I had never had a conversation like that in all of my life. I begin to participate in things that I had never participated. Open your Bible. I never heard that once in a club. Not once. Not once ever, ever, ever did they say, open your Bible. <laughs> never once did I hear, let's praise God. And so here is this multitude. they followed Jesus to a strange place. three days. It's like you when you follow Jesus to church. You're hearing teaching and revelation and insight that you never heard before. matthew fifteen thirty eight. Now, those who ate were 4,000 men besides women and children. Here's this for, I mean, the popularity, the attraction. Think of this. Uh, this is in the early days of ministry. And here's this multitude hanging on every word he speaks. And he fed 4,000. You know the stories the loaves and fish, and not counting women and children. The Bible says in verse 3, So they all ate and were filled, and they took up seven large baskets full of the fragments that were left. One of the most powerful things, when you begin to follow Christ, and when you begin to attach yourself to Him, He will more than meet your need. He, I mean, they were all filled. There's something about in the house of God, in the presence of God, in God's people, the word of God. There's a richness that uh, begins to fill your soul. And there's seven baskets left over. God is more than able to just meet your need. There's a surplus that begins to flow out of you that begin, you can't contain it. It begins to flow over on your family and people uh, that are your are associates in life. Ephesians 3:19. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ever ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Listen, I'm talking about more than and beyond any dream you've ever had. I'm about more than any expectation you've ever had. I'm talking about carrying you way beyond your hope. Uh, As you just stay close to him, be filled with the spirit, be filled with the word of God, uh, be filled with the passion for you. There's something that he will never fail you. But now Jesus is on the last steps of his journey to the cross. And sometimes it staggers the mind how quick, remember what I said, why, how can people sing the song, I won't go back to the way it used to be in the place, but they do. And it's amazing sometimes how quick. In John 12, 12, It says, the next day, a great multitude. And in verse 13, they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. And then he's saying, Peter, couldn't you pray with me one hour? I mean, in in almost like an instant. Judas is betraying and Peter's denying. One with a kiss, the other with cursing. How is it possible? How does it happen? What are the steps that would cause a man or a woman who has knowledge and relationship with Jesus Christ and yet go back, turning back, going back to the place they used to be. You see, the path of going back, it has to be very subtle. It's a very deceptive path. You can be on this path and not even recognize it. It's not obvious to you. It doesn't appear to be a concern. It's not something I really need to worry about. Think about Peter. In my mind, he has no clue that he would be the one to deny Jesus. So publicly deny him. So loud, so vocal. Read it in Matthew 26. 71. He could have just walked away when they started putting the heat. Oh, you're one of them. He could have just walked away from the handmaiden. But no, he had to put an exclamation mark on his denial. He's cursing. The same chapter, Matthew 26, 35. Peter said to Jesus, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. 39 verses later he's cursing. I never knew him. How in the world does that happen? And Jesus gave him a warning. The problem is when you're putting your foot on this path the road to denial many times you don't receive warnings Luke twenty-two thirty-three. Lord I'm ready to go with you both to prison and death I could not me not me I could never go back to the place I used to be. Never me. Even when Jesus told him, Peter, before the cock crows, Luke 22, 34, before the rooster crows, this day, you're going to deny three times you even knew me. Even then he couldn't believe it. It's so difficult to receive a warning many times because the delusion has already infected your spirit. Just blow it off. Not me, not me. You got this one wrong, Jesus. It's one thing to cut off an ear in the garden like he did, but it's another thing to stand up to a handmaiden. Matthew 26, 69. Peter sat outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him saying, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. Verse 70, but he denied it before all of them. See, there's a difference between physical courage and moral courage. Moral courage sometimes is a lot more demanding and a lot more difficult than physical courage. Moral courage has to do with standing and declaring, speaking what you believe when it's not popular. Your friends are going to shout you down. It's like testifying at school and living it. It's like on the job when you stand up and speak. It's like Thanksgiving which is coming soon and all your family's there and they're all heathens and unsaved and they're wanting to pass the jug around or the the tote and you, not me, man, I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm right with God. I'm not touching that nasty stuff. Jesus saved me. Moral courage will stand up for Jesus in an unsaved world. Has to do with language. Sometimes it's a lot more difficult than physical courage. Standing against sin. It's standing against people that promote abortion and sexual perversion. Moral courage says the Bible and the word of God rules over race, family, friends, what's popular in the moment. I used to fight and, uh, you know, have my nose broke and all kind of different things. Connie, she used to laugh. And some of you the same. For me, I had to break my lips open and put a straw in my mouth so I could suck some soup—tomato soup. I hate tomato soup to this day. <laughs> 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 and 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 you know, um, um, if you've ever fought very much or very brutal, uh, when they hit you, there's just something inside of you that comes unglued. And, and you like it. I remember hitting a guy one time with a cue stick and he grinned. I thought, oh my Lord Jesus. I wouldn't saved, but I, I knew I was in trouble, and I was. But that's one kind of what we might call courage. But it's another kind of courage to look at those same people and tell them about Jesus and live it. It's another thing to look at those same people used to encourage to party with you and say, listen, listen, let's go to church, man. Let's go hear some preaching. You need to get your heart right with God. Moral courage will keep you Going back to the place you used to be. Totally different ball game. In Daniel three, there's three teenage boys, just like many of these sitting right here. They demonstrated incredible moral courage. They stood against a king, a nation. Popular opinion, the whole nation. Nebuchadnezzar built an image. At the sound of the music, the whole nation is going to bow down and worship this god, this image that was associated with music. You don't take some moral courage. Say, I ain't listening to that. It's foul. It's unclean. It's nasty. The words are nasty. I don't want nasty, not just in my mouth. I don't want nasty in my ears. I don't want Joe Campbell meatloaf in my ears, amen. <laughs> <laughs> Took a picture of it, sent to Brad. He said, it might have been J-Rell. Said, Dad, it even looked nasty. <laughs> Daniel 3, 4, is it true Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego? that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up. Listen to the moral courage. Verse 18, Let it be known to you, O king. We do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. You know, they weren't the only Jews in Babylon. There's a multitude. I wonder if the others... The others must have been falling down. I wonder if I say, listen, listen, come on, you're going to get us all killed. What's wrong with you? Get on your face. You know there had to be massive pressure, just like some of you, when you go out in the world tomorrow, you go to work. You go places, you go school, university, wherever. Know everything's been kinda shut down. But there's a lot of pressure. The social media will cause you to bow down to the gods of this. Takes moral courage. I'm not bowing down. And they threw them in the fire. When you stand for God, he'll stand for you. This is where we miss it. And when he stands for you, you won't be going back. They threw him in the fiery furnace. Sometimes that's what the world do. It throws you in the fires of reproach the fires of malicious malice fires of hate fires of rejection fires of disdain make you feel like something worthless but listen daniel 3:25 did we not cast three in the fire this is king nebuchadnezzar I see four men loosed and the fourth is like the Son of God. Jesus hadn't even been to Earth yet. Jesus is manifested to an unsaved world when you morally stand. When well, the problems in America today, much of the church world bowed their knee and crumbled. When you stand for the Word of God, the Bible, and truth, when you lay out moral courage, the world sees Jesus. When we compromise, how many of you got moral courage? Right now. Do you got moral courage? When it comes to your phone and the filth and stuff that comes across your phone, do you have moral courage? I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to listen to that. I'm not going to participate in that. When you go out in society, you have moral courage because if you don't if you're not careful somewhere you'll be going back to the place you used to be all the time thinking I would never do that you can sit in church and do it You can be here tonight and do it. You can sing the courses and do it. Here's Peter. He's with Jesus. I mean, he's right there, tied to his hip, staggering. And he's a bold, courageous man. I mean, he walked on water. I mean, that's. You get out of the boat when the storm's raging. And right here, if you're not careful, just like Jesus, you find yourself standing all alone. And that takes even more courage. Let me close. How does this happen? What are the stages? Why do men and women go back? Hand to the plow, he said. In other words, involved in kingdom labor. Involved in the harvest fields ministry, I believe one of the first things that happens is a loss of vision for their future. Wasn't in Peter's vision for Jesus to be going to the cross and dying. Remember, he pulled him aside and said, "Not so, Lord." You, this, we, don't want, we don't want to go down this road. Before turning back, before the reversal of direction, somewhere you have to stop. And many times the cause is the loss of vision for your future. At one time, full of expectation. Full of faith for your tomorrows. Vision vibrant. Things you were doing for God, planning to do, going to do for God. Hand on the plow and enjoying it. The passion, you can see the harvest, the results, the future. Vision is bright. Bible says he who plows should plow in hope. Hell will orchestrate life to dull your vision, to cause your kingdom vision to fade. Not seeing what you anticipated. Not seeing. What you used to see. And the Bible, of course, many Proverbs twenty nine, eighteen, without a vision, the old King James, the people perish. When vision begins to crumble and grow dim, what's the use? It's not working for me. See, vision is about the future. He said, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. They're white for harvesting. When you lose that, when you lose a vision for the future, the present becomes more real than the future. The present, the moment, becomes more attractive than what you used to see down the road. Demas, 2 Timothy 4.10, Paul writes, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. The material world, the physical world. The world that's at your fingertips. The world I can see, I can feel, I can touch, I can possess When your vision, kingdom vision, what God is doing, where he's taking me, when that begins to fade or crumble, the present, the presence, the now, begins to be more attractive than what God Gave you for a future. The temptations of Christ turned these stones to bread, the lust of the flesh. Took him up to a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of this world, lust of the eyes. If you be the Son of God, cast yourself down from the temple, the pride of life. When your vision for the future fades, the present world becomes so appealing. You begin to look now with new interest, new plans, personal securities, and at some point you stop. You're no longer moving forward. You can feel it in your spirit. You may even still be active for God. But something in your heart, that passion and that zeal is no longer there. What used to be a privilege and a joy now can become frustrating. What used to flood your soul couldn't wait to do something for God. Now you start making excuses. It upsets you when someone asks you to serve, to do something. You begin to avoid people who are on fire like you used to be. If you're not careful, church attendance now becomes an option. And the Bible begins to gather dust. And the deception, your excuses seem so reasonable. They make perfect sense. I wonder if we could have spoke to Demas. Why are you forsaking Paul? Demas, Demas, what? what? And I wonder if he would have rolled out the excuses. And they seem so reasonable. Someone at home needs me. I have to work, you know, and these things are true. But any man has his hand to the plow and begins to look back, Jesus said is no longer fit. He's no longer qualified. Fit as in physical shape. Fit as in, you've heard of sports Figures who maybe had great talent, great athletes, but they let them, they weren't fit, they weren't in shape for the game. And it begins to be evident. And looking back, becomes turning back. Finally, you're not even in the game. You can still talk about the game, but you're no longer on the court. You can tell others how to play the game, how they need to be, all in for God, how they need to serve God. But you find yourself trapped in the world. Ezekiel 33:31 For with their mouth they show much love, but their hearts pursue their own gain. One translation, they flatter you with their words, but all they care about is themselves. Paul writes in Rome, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The course never going back. I've been changed, I've been redeemed, I've been delivered. I feel joy. Won't go back, can't go back to the way it used to be before his presence come and change me. So how do they do it? I've tried to explain that tonight to give you a warning. How did Peter do it? And thank God he repented and that's what you need to do if you find yourself there. But Demas, you never hear of him again. Listen to me, listen to me. I've walked a few miles with Jesus. There's nothing, and I spoke to a young man today in my office. Known him as a kid. I said, you know what I'm gonna tell you? You know what I'm gonna tell you? Oh, life can be painful, things happen. Heartbreaking agony, but listen, listen, listen. Jesus will walk with you through the fires. Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he'll be there. His rotten staff will comfort you. He'll never leave you. Now listen, that's your only hope of any kind of peace and joy. That's how you survive this world that's fallen is you keep both hands in his hands keep both hands on the plow and fight for your vision fight to keep your passion up. things hit you life you'll get somewhere along the way kicked and and, and destabilized and things happen I wish I could tell you that get saved and listen but things happen Just had three funerals back to back. This church, things happen. Johnny, they did an autopsy, had a heart attack, his heart exploded. In church on Wednesday night, Gary Snell, a young man, Robert had issues for quite some time, but listen, things happen, but oh, oh, when you're with him, 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 life is but a vapor here today and gone tomorrow and then eternity. There'll be no more tears. Be no more pain. Be no more, no more, no more of this. You got to keep your eyes on the prize. And it's powerful. It's powerful. I ask you to bow your head with me tonight. Don't just sing the chorus. Oh, it's a wonderful chorus and I encourage you to sing it. But sing it with meaning and moral courage and, and confidence and determination and integrity. It's not, I'm never going back to the place I used to be. Oh, God, we love your name. We love your name. I've been changed. I've been redeemed. I've been delivered. In your presence, you changed me. You're here tonight. You can be changed in a moment of time. One prayer can change your world. One prayer from an honest heart God, it's me. I'm sorry. Forgive me. You're a visitor tonight, or you're backslidden, or you're unsaved. God in his love and mercy brought you into his house tonight to save your soul and break the curse of your insanity. You're here tonight. You'd lift your hand and say, that's me, that's me, preacher. I want to know him. I want what you're talking about. Slip up your hand right now. I'll pray for you. Slip it up that I can see it. I see a hand in the back. Thank you. Who else should lift your hand? That's me, that's me, that's me, backslider, unsaved, lost, broken. God brought you here tonight. Others, you'd lift your hand, you'd say, that's me. How many more, how many more? God bless you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Who else, who else, who else? That's me, Pastor, that's me. That's me, that's me. I see some children. Yes. Yes. You lifted your hand. Would you lift it up and hold it that I could see it? Your hands lifted. Would you lift your eyes and look at me? Sincere with God. Sincere with God. Sincere with God. Anyone else? I'm going to ask you to get up out of your seat. Come right here. Need some men to pray with these. Johnny, whoever's going to pray with these guys, if you come and kneel. That's right. Would you come, dear? Someone pray with very simple message very direct message I won't go back I can't go back I'm to ask you to stand with me all over this building front to back side to side you would stand to your feet stand to your feet stand to your feet stand to your feet Stand to your feet. If your children won't stand to their feet, uh, reach over pop their head real good. I want to open these altars. You want to come and find a place to pray and talk to God. 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 I want to talk to God. I got some issues. I want to speak with God. God, I want to speak with you. Oh, Ramashamda. You're at your seat. You may be seated. Oh, Ramashamda. God, I want to speak with you, Lord. Oh, God, I want to speak with you. Oh, Ramashamda. Let's pray church. Talk to God. Oh, Masham dalalava a sham, we to